You heard about this, right? The great big Super Bowl celebration congratulating the Kansas City Chiefs and somebody starts shooting people. Maybe more than one person started shooting people. One dead, 22 injured, three suspects in custody. The investigation is in its early stages. We do feel confident, though, that uh, the investigation is going in a direction that has nothing to do with the FBI's priority over the past three years. In the aftermath of the attack, the Justice Department began its work on what has become one of the largest, most complex, and most resource-intensive investigations in our history. Only a small number of perpetrators were arrested in the tumult of January 6th itself. Every day since, we have worked to identify, investigate, and, appre and apprehend defendants from across the country. We got real bad things happening, and they have totally rewired law enforcement across the country, starting with the FBI, to be focused on phantoms, on fantasies, on things that don't exist. According to the intelligence community, terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. One of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. I obviously am very concerned about the rise of extremism and extremism related to white supremacy. The FBI has warned repeatedly that domestic terrorism fueled by white supremacy is the number one threat to the United States right now. It's funny how... Um Whenever something real happens, we forget about all that stuff. Thing is, we should forget about all that stuff you know, when nothing is going on. Because those silly priorities, you know, fighting white supremacy, white supremacy, we hate it, but it's not a thing. And hiring more women, as they've encouraged the Kansas City Police Department to do, and worrying about what people look like, it's not making anybody safer. And that horrible, horrible thing today, you know, law enforcement, they actually spend bandwidth on that kind of stuff on stuff that their political masters want them worried about so their political masters can benefit. Just a stark reminder that we live in a real world with real danger. And the January 6th white supremacy stuff, a great big phantom and a great big waste of time. And that brings me to the security risk that is Joe Biden. I am not letting up on this report. No way, um, folks. This thing is just getting started. Don't believe them. When they say nothing to see here, they are lying. And they shouldn't distract from the fact that the case is closed. The prosecutor did this. The, the special counsel did this in the case, made a conclusion that there is no case. Case closed. There is no there there, right? It said that the, the, the case is closed. The bottom line is the matter is now closed. Yeah, the report didn't say that, actually, but they say it. And they say it enough, and guess who picks up on it? The fake news. Fake news. They're desperately trying to turn the subject, turn the page. They don't want to talk about this anymore. They've got their, they've got their orders. And so far, look, this story broke on Thursday. It should be a two-week, three-week administration-changing story. It petered out Monday. A two-full day, a weekend story, and that's it. After nearly nine years, Jon Stewart's highly anticipated return to The Daily Show made it feel like he never left. Also tonight, the Northeast is reeling from a fast-moving and, dare we say, unusual snowstorm. In New Orleans, today was Mardi Gras, or Fat Tuesday, the grand finale of carnival season. 
Tonight, two bald eagles in Southern California's San Bernardino Mountains capturing the world's attention. So many watching them online. Another mention of Joe Biden doing exactly what they accused Donald Trump of doing, but not having the permission to do it and actually being guilty of things. Just because they're not charging this guy doesn't think that they don't think he committed a crime. It's whether or not they can convince a jury. I'll get to it in a moment. Number one, look at this. We've all seen this from TV shows, right? And it actually applies in government. You got top secret. You got confidential. You got classified. You've got these different gradations of how sensitive the material is. Well, Joe Biden played a real game. This is, this is kind of wild. They don't believe Joe Biden, and neither will you when you see the stuff that he was pushing. All right? So... Uh, in Mr. Biden's written answers to questions from our office, he called into question whether he knew the information in his notebooks was classified. Okay, remember this, classified. Keep going. Mr. Biden explained that when he described material in his notebooks to Zwanitzer, his ghostwriter, as classified, he did not actually mean classified. According to Mr. Biden, I may have used the word classified with Mr. Zwanitzer in a generic sense, to refer not to the formal classification of national security information, but to sensitive or private topics to ensure that Mr. Zwanitzer would not write about them. This is what we, this is not true. This is Joe Biden lying and actually having his lawyers lie for him. Keep going, please. Mr. Biden qualified this answer by explaining, I do not recall the specific conversations you referenced with Mr. Zwanitzer, which took place more than six years ago. All right, keep in mind, he's on audio tape sharing confidential information, classified information, and at this point, the lawyers know it, but they're looking for a way out, and the prosecutor is not buying it. I love this part. Next, please. This explanation that classified does not mean classified is not credible. At the time Mr. Biden met with Zwanitzer, Mr. Biden had nearly 50 years of experience dealing with classified information, including as a member of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, a member and chairman of the Senate Committee on the Judiciary, a member and chairman of the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations and Vice President of the United States. It is not plausible that a person of his knowledge and experience use the term classified in this context as a euphemism for private. Isn't that nice? Isn't that fun? The government prosecutor catching Joe Biden in a lie. He's being nice about it himself, but I just love it. Keep going, please. Mr. Biden's explanation is even less credible in light of his actual words to Mr. Zwanitzer, the ghostwriter. Mr. Biden warns Zwanitzer, some of this may be classified, so be careful, and added, I'm not sure it isn't marked classified, but the evidence shows that Mr. Biden knew his notebooks contained such information, classified information. Um, this is, I mean, this is Clinton-esque. I may have said classified, but I didn't mean classified. It depends. Remember this one? <laughs> Joe can't pull this off. Bill Clinton did. What is, what did he say? What, what, what was that word that he didn't think they defined properly? It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. If the, if the, if is means is and never has been, that is not a, 
that's one thing. If it means there is none, that was a completely true statement. Wow. Slake Willie, you're not kidding. This is all about there is no sexual relation with that woman. I think that's what he's getting at. Whatever it is, he's good. He was good at it. Joe Biden is not good at it. And neither are his lawyers. This was in written responses. So Joe, just like his lawyers, they're lying. This guy, this is Robert Bauer. I can't believe he got away with this on national television. This must be reinforced, folks. He was saying staff was clearly involved, responsible for the packing. We don't see presidents and vice presidents during transitions packing boxes. Uh, but he recognizes now when he looks back on it, maybe more involvement on his part was necessary because it didn't go the way he thought it should have gone. You don't see normal presidents or vice presidents who aren't trying to hide something packing boxes. But Joe Biden, your client, was seen packing boxes, and here you are lying about it. Here you are pretending that page 151 does not exist, but it does. And let's go through it. When they were moving out of the White House, uh, the Naval Observatory where the vice president lives, the Bidens paid for the move themselves and packed their own belongings, okay? Mr. Biden was personally involved in the move, personally. Next, one military aide recalled seeing him packing by himself and just him moving his stuff one at a time into the truck at the Naval Observatory on moving day. Again, the Naval Observatory being the official residence of the Vice President of the United States. Hey, a normal president doesn't do this, like Donald Trump when he's leaving the White House on January 20th uh, on Inauguration Day. You see any boxes with him? No. He had aides do that, and that's okay. That's the way it should be done. They're not hiding anything. These are boxes. They're allowed to, under the Presidential Records Act, the president, and oh, by the way, he's still president. He's still president. He's still president when he gets to Mar-a-Lago later that morning. Something else, isn't it? All right, take a look at this. Mr. President, I may have to call you once every couple weeks just to hear your voice. Uh, <laughs> it's been going on a long time. Strange thing to say to a guy who is the president of Ukraine when you have four days left on the job as vice president. But Joe, as we know, the Biden family had significant interests in Ukraine. At that very moment, Hunter Biden was still making a lot of money from Burisma. Every month, $100,000 coming in. That's why Joe wanted to check in with the president, not because he liked the sound of his voice. And in this report, Robert Herr and the classified documents, there's this little gem. Joe uh, was writing little notes to his staff. Get a copy of this conversation from the Situation Room for my records, please. And that conversation was with the president of Ukraine, talking points for a call between Mr. Biden and the Ukrainian prime minister. More and more, we're seeing that the documents that Joe kept um, related potentially to his foreign business dealings. There's going to be a lot more on this. Now take a look. They uh, turned in these classified documents right away to the National Archives. Joe Biden turned it over immediately. Biden came clean right away. They discovered these classified documents notifying the National Archives right away. All right. You've heard this, right? This is nonsense. It's not. And I actually realized it's even longer than I thought. The documents first discovered, we're told, in November of 2022 at the Biden Penn Center. 
You know how long they were finding documents Joe Biden? Seven months later, they were still finding secret documents that Joe Biden should not have had, all the way up to June of 2023. Now, with Donald Trump, it was a one-day affair. Remember when they sent the FBI August 8th, 2022? I will never forget that moment. That's when I was really afraid for this country, when I found out the FBI and what they did that day. But here's something else. Joe Biden may have been tipped off about this raid, and that's why he had started moving stuff out of the Biden Penn Center, or at least having staff check it out. If you're the president of the United States, you're going to hear things. So this is the Biden Penn Center downtown, right? Um, and I want to go back to the August 8th date, uh, 2022. Before, well before this, a year before, there were all kinds of stories publicly reported about a conflict between Donald Trump and the National Archives. And as we all know, they were out to get Trump. Isn't it just possible that Team Biden heard about this, got a little bit nervous because they knew they had classified stuff? So in May of 2022, they start sending people, the White House starts sending people over there to see what's there, and maybe we should start moving it. But they got to be subtle about it. And they actually have to pay some money at some point. Look at this closet. It's full of stuff. Anybody can move it. Anybody. But they had lawyers involved for some reason. High-priced lawyers like this guy. One of Joe Biden's private attorneys who lives in Boston came down to supervise the removal of boxes from a closet. Why did they do that? That costs money. What is going on? I think they may have been tipped off. But we'll have much more on this report, including who was living in the basement of Joe Biden's house in Virginia. I'm not talking about Delaware. He had a great big mansion in Virginia after he left the vice presidency. And he had people living in the basement for no apparent reason. Be right back. It's our America. We conquered it. We built it. Great values like honesty and fairness. Great courage. A great nation needs a free press. Newsmax is it. 30 million Americans regularly go to Newsmax when they really need to know. They watch Newsmax TV at home on the free Newsmax app. They go to Newsmax.com. Start today. Newsmax is real news for real people. All right, so this is the uh, mansion where Joe was living for a couple of years after he left the vice presidency. He's a private citizen. A lot of weird things are coming to light about Joe's treatment of these documents. The prosecutor does not believe a lot of what he's saying. Uh, and then there's this little tidbit. He had a tenant in the basement, a Secret Service agent, who wasn't actually providing him any protection. A Secret Service agent lived intermittently in a basement bedroom from about the summer of 2017 until the summer of 2018, though he was not working on Mr. Biden's security detail at the time. Isn't that weird? And from, I just find that very odd. Uh, was the guy paying rent? What kind of arrangement is that? Anyway, back to the important stuff. Secret documents all over the place, stuff that Joe should not have. The prosecutor here makes it clear that he, Joe knows he shouldn't have it willful. It's willful. But Joe insists, and this is where he offends the prosecutors. He says things like this, and they know it's not true. 
I would have gotten rid of them. I would have gotten them back to their source. I had no purpose for them, and I think it would be inappropriate for me to keep clearly classified documents. Well, throughout this, they established motive. He wanted all this classified material so he could write books, so he could continue to portray himself as a big shot, and he could set himself up for running for president in 2019-2020. After all, Joe knows what he's doing. I have more substantive experience on the issues facing the country, both in foreign policy and domestic policy, than any president ever, just because I've been around so long doing this. You know, as vice president, I did an awful lot of foreign policy for the president. I've been doing foreign policy for a long time. I know every major world leader for the last 35 years. Know them face to face. I did it for the previous president, my president, Barack Obama, and I'm doing it now. All right, actually, I know more about foreign policy than this guy. I know more about foreign policy. I am more experienced. I am more skilled. And so are you, if you know how to spell the word Afghanistan. <laughs> That's how you spell Afghanistan, with an H. Well, Joe could never figure that out. He called himself the expert, the point man, knew more about Afghanistan than Barack Obama. But he never spelled the word correctly. From the report, the distinctive misspelling of Afghanistan, Mr. Biden repeatedly used this or a similar misspelling. Isn't that something? Isn't that kind of fun in a weird way, in a tragic way? I guess it's not fun because Joe's overconfidence led to this, our loss in Afghanistan. And that's what comes through in this report that people aren't talking about. Joe is headstrong. Joe is overconfident. Joe thinks he knows everything and nobody else knows a thing. And Bo is coming up all the time and he uses that as a weapon to enhance his status, enhance his power. And it's absolutely sickening. And something else this report mentions again and again and again, the 60 minutes declaration that Donald Trump is a monster. They know, the prosecutors know, this offends them, deeply offends them, that Joe could look at the American people and lie. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. Donald Trump could say, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> Donald Trump treated those documents meticulous, with meticulous care. They weren't strewn all about some garage, some closet unattended in downtown Washington, D.C. The prosecutors refer to this interview repeatedly. They show it evidence that Joe knows what the standards are yet he's blowing them off, just like he did uh, more recently, in August of 2022, in the aftermath of, uh, of the raid on Donald Trump, he had this to say. Mr. President, in simple terms, is it ever appropriate for a just to take home what's been classified as top secret document? Depending on the circumstance, for example, I have in my home a, a, a cabined off space that is completely secure. 
I'm taking home with me today today's PDBs. It's locked. I have a person with me, military with me. I read it. I lock it back up and give it to the military. Without, without a specialized area on this to which he classifies occupants, is it ever appropriate for that? Depends on the document and depends on how secure the thing is. All right, so let's go back to that report. Wow. If Mr. Biden thought in 2022 that he was obligated to keep the president's daily brief secured in his home as a sitting president, he should have known in 2017 that as a former vice president and a private citizen, he was not permitted to keep handwritten notes about the president's daily brief and other classified information in unlocked drawers in his home. This guy is so busted. And folks, me and you, the viewers of the show, we just might be the only people in the country who fully appreciate that outside of Mr. Her's staff. I consider it a privilege. I'll be right back. Okay, so big report today that the United States has intelligence that Russia is seeking nuclear weapons in space. Russia is seeking nuclear weapons in space. And then we have all the committees down there and they're demanding uh, hearings and they're demanding um, Joe Biden brief them. And uh, hasn't Russia been seeking nuclear weapons in space? I don't know, since Sputnik. Uh, but there's renewed attention and renewed concern. Rick Grinnell joins us, senior national security analyst with Newsmax. And of course, the acting DNI under Trump and the former U.S. ambassador to Germany. Welcome back, Rick. Um, yeah, I don't find that terribly alarming. I guess I should, but I do remember, you know, movies and documentaries about Russia doing this in the uh, in the 1950s. Yeah, of course. I mean, the Russians are always going to do what the Russians do, which is try to push propaganda and to try to uh, get as many leverage points as possible on the West. So it's not surprising. Look, we knew that they were doing some of this. We uh, had a president of the United States and Donald Trump who decided to go into space and create Space Force. Uh, I think that's pretty, uh, you know, so, some, something we should compliment the president for. He had, he had pretty good foresight to see what was happening. But one of the reasons he did this, Greg, is because we saw the intelligence of who was trying to get into space and what they were trying to do. And so it's not just the Russians, it's the Chinese, it's all the typical actors that are gonna try to get into space, uh, take control of satellites, take control of uh, anything that they can in space. And, and that obviously impacts Western civilization and certainly the United States. Here is President Trump making the case, really pushing for uh, what we have today. It's called Space Force. Take a look. Today, I'm thrilled to sign a new order, taking the next step to create the United States Space Force. So important when you look at defense, when you look at all of the other aspects of where the world will be someday. I mean, this is the beginning. It's a very important process. Space is going to be, uh, it's going to be the future, both in terms of defense and offense and so many other things. When I got into office, I realized I looked at Russia. I looked at Kim Jong-un. I looked at China. I said, we need a Space Force. And we got Space Force. I, you were there, and I would buy it if it was that simple. I mean, uh, did they come to him with the idea for Space Force 
which sometimes happens. It percolates up. Or did that decision come from, you know, on high down? Donald Trump saw the need and made it happen. I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, we, we saw the intelligence that was forming around what was happening in space. And uh, again, who was there? What type of actors? Uh, the Russians and the Chinese and others were trying to bully their way into to space. And, and that's a, a place that we cannot give up. We have too many, too many satellites. We have too much going on in space for us to just ignore it. And it became a problem. And Donald Trump said, you know, we got to solve this problem. I, I actually think that if it was any other president other than Donald Trump, we'd still be talking about it. Uh, he is somebody from the outside that just looks at the problem and says, you know what? Let's solve it. Let's create this and, and, and let's make it happen. So I, credit is really due to President Trump. And Space Force. It's like Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines and Space Force. I don't know enough about it. I really don't. I, 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 I got to get up to speed. I'm, I'm glad we have it. Hey, here's Bill Barr back in 2019. Anybody remember this? So you're not you're not suggesting, though, that spying occurred. I don't. Uh, well, uh, I guess you could. I, I think there was a spying did occur. Yes, I think spying did occur. Spying did occur on the campaign of Donald Trump. And listen to what we're seeing now. The U.S. intelligence community asked foreign spy agencies to surveil 26 Trump associates across the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. This is from uh, Matt Taibbi and his friends. Uh, they are very well informed, very good, a little bit eccentric, but that's okay. Um, Rick, this is, is this a surprise to you? I mean, we had some inkling, but 26 is a lot. Look, what, what we're not surprised by is that this whole Russian dossier, which was paid for and pushed by Hillary Clinton's team, and then the FBI took it up as a gospel and pretended like it was true without really checking it. And then as they got into it, they realized, wait a minute, there's a whole bunch of information here that's actually not correct. But they continued on this uh, journey. And then uh, what we're finding out now is that they had our allies and others helping them. So, you know, there's a lot of questions to be asked here, Greg. Why, why are uh, foreign governments working with the Democrats who were in power at the time, Barack Obama and his team, to spy and go after the political opponent, the Republicans in this case, for the regime that was in power, the Democrats? Look, we spend a lot of time lecturing other countries not to do this type of stuff. The State Department exists to condemn this type of uh, anti-democratic behavior. And suddenly we find out that our spy agencies were working with uh, allies and others, foreign intelligence services, and, and spying on uh, their political opponents. Let, let's be clear about one thing. The Democrats have made sure that we can never lecture another foreign country again about democracy. So many people in America I guess they've been lied to or they're lazy, but they're accustomed to hearing, well, you know, the men and women of the FBI, they're the good guys. The men and women of the CIA, they're the good guys. The men and women of the intelligence community, they're the good guys. They're not, actually. Uh, we know some of them, a lot of them are bad. There may be a few good ones, but systemically, <clears throat> they have no 
automatic role. The president does. You know, they are so extra constitutional. And the president, Donald Trump, is. What they did was a threat to democracy, as they like to say. How do we move the needle on that? Uh, I, I hope I'm making sense here, because there are people like, well, you know, Donald Trump is rogue, and the FBI is the FBI, the men and women of the FBI, and so on and so on and so on. There are a lot of America, Americans who are on the side of the deep state, and they don't even know it. It just sounds yeah. like they're supposed to be. Look, I think the first rule is, is that we should be very skeptical of government and all of the government agencies. Uh, I would say that when it comes to the intelligence services, uh, the majority of people are good and they just want to follow the rules. But they know exactly who is bad and there's way too many bad actors within each agency. And if, and if you're an individual that's watching somebody leak or you know someone is going against the president of the United States, you need to out them. We need to have an intelligence agency that polices itself and gets rid of the bad apples. We do not have that right now. I actually believe, though, if Donald Trump becomes the president again and we clear out the leadership at the top, that we can still save these agencies by gutting the leadership and asking people to either work for the duly elected president or leave the service, get out of government service. If you cannot, in your conscience, uh, switch your job, basically, from a Republican or a Democrat to a, a Republican administration, then you shouldn't be paid by the taxpayer. It's treasonous to try to stop what the government uh, leadership is trying to do. Someone like the president of the United States, and this goes both ways for Democrats and Republicans, you cannot follow the president's directive on his policy or her policy in the future, then get out. You shouldn't be paid by the American taxpayer. That is going to be such a huge challenge, but I do believe that Rick Brunel, you, President Trump, and, uh, and your team can pull it off, could pull it off for us. We have Thank no you. choice, Greg. We have to do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. You can. It is so, so, so important. Thank you very much. Thanks for being on this. We'll be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented. I wear, since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of... Every Memorial Day, we hold a service remembering him, attending by friends and family and the people who loved him. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away or he passed away. Uh, Joe may have engineered this whole thing, uh, so he could be indignant, so he could be irate about the insensitivity of the prosecutors. But it looks like Joe brought it up himself. Joe brought that episode of, up himself. He wasn't asked, according to a report at NBC News. And every now and then you got to trust the fake news, believe it or not. He didn't dispute that documents were all over the house, all over the office, all over the garage. 
Um, just a crazy situation that unfortunately seems to be kind of fading away. I will not let it. I'm joined by two of our favorite attorneys, Randy Zellin and also Barack Laurie. Gentlemen, welcome back. Uh, Barack, does it matter whether or not the media is talking about this or are things going to be happening behind the scenes? Look, it's a great big report. It's damning as hell. Uh, I know no charges are recommended, but still, is there any practical fallout that we should be anticipating or not anticipating? Well, the practical fallout is that uh, there is a lot of expression of interest in the report itself. People want to see what the president has said. And, and look, this report effectively says uh, the quiet part out loud. Everyone's been talking about how there are issues with the memory of this president. And, and now the report is basically saying very out loud, yes, there are issues with, the, with regard to the memory of the president. And that he, we need to have him be able to be articulate when it becomes an issue of a pressing matter. And it's clear that he can't do that. His indignation, what? by the way, on these things are, is very revealing because it's not about whether, how dare Robert Hurd ask about this. The whole point about it was to see whether he reminded a major, remembered a major event in his life, which is the death of his son, among other things. All right, so I think even more important than the, the memory is the stuff that he's clearly guilty of. Maybe they can't convince a jury, but they know they're right, and they believe that Joe Biden at times is being deceptive in this report. And another thing, real quick, the prosecutor is showing discretion, and that's something that Jack Smith, I guess, he's not allowed to because he's got a mandate from the attorney general, maybe even from the president, to get Trump, Randy Zellin. Right. Well, I, I think maybe the president is annoyed because had he been charged, his poll numbers would go up. Think about that for a second. But the, I, I think the, the bigger issue here is that Mr. Herr really did the president a tremendous disservice. Either charge him and say nothing, but to not charge him and then basically say you're not guilty by reason of insanity or by reason of a lack of competency. Imagine if my clients found out, Randy, good news, you're not being charged with wrongdoing, but you're basically incompetent. That might have an impact on my practice. And we're talking about the most powerful person in the world. It, it, it's insane. Well, wait a second. What's insane? Disservice. I mean, her does not work for Joe Biden. Her works for us. You can't just say recommend, not recommend. We need we need to know what's going on here. Uh, you, you spend millions of dollars. We want to know how it was spent and how you learned it. And what you learned, and Barack, I think we have a right to see this stuff, and I think Heard did the right thing by presenting it to us the way he did. Yeah, I, I think it's exactly right. It is very important that he, he did this. And, and some prosecutors, of course, do have discretion. The whole point is that they're not supposed to bring cases that they think will, will be slam-dunk losers. I get that. But to your point, uh, Greg, I, I think that we really do want to know the underlying information. There, there is... He's taking it and running with it uh, to claim somehow that he's been exonerated from these issues. And that's, of course, not the case. We want to see uh, the reality of what happened here. And that's uh, that's part of the reason why we're pursuing an impeachment process in the House. And God willing, that continues forward because we need to see uh, how and, and if Biden was compromised by foreign agents. I think uh, Mr. Herr, Robert Herr, is an ethical uh, prosecutor. It really was refreshing to see one in action. And here is an example of an unethical, unscrupulous prosecutor. His name is Jack Smith. This is uh, from a while back. He really is in a rush. In this case, my office will seek a speedy trial so that our evidence can be tested in court and judged by a jury of citizens.
I mean, the whole speedy thing is uh, that's for the client. That's for the accused. That's not for the government. Right. Exactly. Randy. <laughs> Greg, you, I could not have said it any better myself. That was completely disingenuous. The speedy trial laws, the rules, the statutes are all designed to benefit the defendant and to put the screws to the government. But I, I think to your, your, your point a moment ago, my difficulty with Mr. Herg, and, and you may be surprised at this, if I steal a million dollars and I return it a week later, or I steal a million dollars and I don't return it, or I return it two years later, I've still stolen the million dollars. It's a matter now of punishment, not a matter of did I do it or did I not. So you either charge Biden and Trump or you charge neither of them. Well, it's a yeah. different prosecutor, and this prosecutor was, was reasonable. I really feel, I, I, in a weird way, as much as I despise Joe Biden and as much as this stuff is uh, really terrible um, uh, violations, he does say that there's no precedent to charge a president or a vice president. And as we know, Pence had this stuff all over the place. And uh, so anyway, I, uh, I like what her did here. And I don't think the, the, the Trump team actually wants wants him charged either, wants Joe Biden charged. All right. So where does this leave us? Uh, Barack Lurie, final thoughts. Well, look, I, we, we're seeing a lot of new action in this case uh, with with uh, what happened with with, uh, with Biden, of course, the, the fact that he's going to have to deal with a very difficult campaign. People are now all jumping in and piling on against him because of these memory issues. And they're really concerned because this will have legs of its own. Uh, to say nothing of the tax, doc sorry, the uh, the documents behind the, the classified documents we talked about. So uh, it will continue to echo for the rest of the campaign. And uh, they're just going to be desperate to replace him one way or the other. And, and they really put themselves in a box. I don't know how this chess uh, works out for them and, and how they have any sort of angle to get out. Yeah. And that, pros that, uh, that, that press conference the other night, it should have been catastrophic. It should have been career ending. I mean, there should be a death watch in effect for this administration. All right. You got a great living room there, uh, Barack Laurie. And it looks, Randy Zellin, like you're still at the office, huh? Yes, sir. All right. We appreciate it both. Thank you very much. And we'll be right back. Hey, it's Tony Marino, host of the wildly popular Newsmax Daily podcast, available for free along with Jerry Callahan, Rob Carson, and other great podcasts at Newsmax.com slash listen or wherever you get podcasts. The former president has sent a dangerous and shockingly, frankly, un-American signal to the world. Just a few days ago, Trump gave an invitation to Putin to invade some of our allies, NATO allies. Donald Trump said he would encourage Russia to attack member countries that don't meet their financial targets. He thinks it plays well for him. For some reason, he has a love affair with Vladimir Putin. Language like that, it's so foolish and counterproductive. You can't put enough adjectives on this to describe how treasonous such a comment is. Relax and get over yourselves. Haven't they learned anything? They haven't. They haven't. They refuse to learn. They refuse to study Trump. They refuse to ever give him the benefit of the doubt. This is negotiation. This is classic Trump. All right. Now, let's see again. It's been a few days. I want to see what, what got them so upset. NATO was busted until I came along. I said, everybody's going to pay. They said, well... If we don't pay, are you still going to protect us? I said, absolutely not. They couldn't believe the answer. And everybody 
You never saw more money pour in. And one of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay? You're delinquent? He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. This is incentivization, and it worked. He incentivized them to give the money, and they did. And NATO, as a result, is stronger than ever before. Although this Ukraine thing is kind of, <laughs> all right? I mean, let's, it's getting a little carried away. All right, so there's a horrible movie out, I'm told, uh, by Rob Reiner. Remember him? The meathead from All in the Family. And he really is a meathead in real life. My goodness gracious. He, he seems to hate Christians. This is not a movement about Christian values. This is about Christian power. What happens to the people who don't believe this stuff? We are on the precipice. God is on our side. We're taking our nation back. The thing that keeps me up at night is that we lose democracy. Does that seem possible? Yes. MAGA believes in freedom of religion. This is fear-mongering. This is, hey, you know what I'm scared of? Uh, perverts hanging around kids in schools and trying to say it's education. Those drag queens with the kids and the story time, that's happening in public schools right in my hometown. We're afraid of that. Not God, not Jesus, and freedom of choice, freedom of religion. That's what this country is about, you guys. Rob Ryder, still a meathead. Be right back. Hey, Newsmax Plus, it's a big, big thing. 200,000 plus Americans have signed up. I hope you will as well. I did it. Actually, my wife did it. I've got the password, and it's working out great. With Newsmax Plus, you get Newsmax 2. You get all of our archival footage. You get all the Trump rallies. And, um, oh, special documentaries, TV shows. It's great. You'll get The Rob Schmidt Show. You'll get Greta. You'll get Higby. You'll get Bowling. And, of course, this show and really special documentaries, NewsmaxPlus.com. It is a free trial, so please check it out. All right, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And I understand my daughters have sent me a special wish with a special cake. Look, my cake got icing on it. Happy Valentine's happy Day, Valentine's Daddy. Valentine's Day, Happy Valentine's Day, Annalise, Madeline, and Judith. And look at that very delicious cake, which I'm told that they helped make. I'll be home soon. Hope you had a great Valentine's Day, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow.